Spring is hit, the Lord's going to bless. Are you ready for that? Amen. Stand with me, please. We're going to read something together. It's just been different. We're just going to stay different. I don't like to get in a box. Do you? I don't like to get in a rut. So I want you to turn with me, please, to the book of Psalm, chapter number 32. Psalm, chapter 32. And uh, I've got a short message, so don't worry. Uh, unless the Lord really gets in this thing, I'm going to preach for about 20 or 25 minutes. So we're in Psalm 32. We're going to be, begin reading in verse number 1. When you get to Psalm 32, when I hear those pages quit turning, we'll begin reading. And uh, let me say about the pastor's hike. If you've got a place you'd like to go, let me know and we'll work that in. So here we go, Psalm 32 and verse number 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Let's read together. Here we go. You ready? I want to hear you reading. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto the, whom the Lord will not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones wax old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into drought of summer, Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance, Selah. We'll stop reading right there. If you notice, we said the word Selah about three times, and many people have asked me what that word means. Well, that's what David said when he broke a harp string. So he broke about three harp strings right there in that. Y'all didn't get one. That went over your head for me. <laughs> But anyway, the word Salah is a word of praise. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the word of God. I pray now you'd speak to our hearts from your precious word. Thank you for this time we've had together. In Jesus' name, amen. David says here in Psalm 32, verse number 7, he says, Thou art my hiding place. I want to bring you a message this morning, the hiding place. If anybody knew in Scripture, when you look at Scripture, if anybody knew how to hide, it was David. Buddy, David was an expert at camouflage. When Saul was seeking the life of David, he was going to kill David just as sure. He'd already thrown a javelin at him. He'd already thrown a spear at him. And David knew his life was in danger. And David runs into the wilderness and nobody could hide like David could hide. He hid in the wilderness of En Gedi for months. He hid in the cave of Adullam for months. And so David was so good at hiding while he was in the cave of Adullam that the Bible says that three types of people came to him that were running basically from the law. Those who were distressed, those who were indebted, and those who were discontent. 
And those type people came to David to hide out with him in the cave of Adullam. You say, why would David lead a band of people who were discontent and in, and in debt and, and kind of the outcasts of society? Because God was training him while he was in hiding. God was training him to lead a nation. Amen. And sometimes we go into hiding ourselves. Uh, sometimes we have to hide from the situations and the circumstances of the world. But if you're God's child, you're in training. Amen? And so David was being trained by God constantly in fear of his life. He learned to be a leader by leading rough men because he was going to have to lead the country. But David is saying in the psalm, Lord... My hiding place is not in Gedi. My hiding place is not in the cave of Adullam. My hiding place is not in the brush or the thickets or the caves or the caverns. Lord, you are my hiding place. Amen. I say praise God. If you know the Lord, he can be your hiding place. The word hiding place here is one word. It is the, Greek, uh, the Hebrew word, sither. It means this. It means a covering, a secret place, a shelter, a hollow, or a cavern in the mountain. A hiding place is a spot that you go when you don't want anybody to find you. Somebody say amen. amen. I have a few of those spots. And uh, I like to resort to those spots often. And so it's a place where nobody would ever suspect you to be. Hey, we need that place with the Lord. Amen. Not just a physical place. We need that place with the Lord. David prayed this in another psalm. He said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of his wings. I'm glad to tell you this morning, I'm not trusting in the government. I'm not trusting in our military. I'm trusting in the shadow of the wings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, it's a real blessing to do that. So, you know, as a kid, we all played hide and seek. I'm sure that we all have played that somebody's it and everybody goes and hides and, and um, you try to find that place to hide where nobody can find you and once they go by you, you run and you get back to base and you holler when you get back to base, I'm home free. Well, I got news for you. I'm already home free in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm already on base, praise God, and the person who's it can't get me because I'm safe in the blood of Jesus Christ. You're talking about being concealed and camouflaged. If you'll ever get your sins under the blood of Jesus Christ, hey, that's the best place of concealment you can find. Amen. What a blessing. So the truth is that even as adults, we all need a place to hide. Don't, don't act so pious on me, an adult. You, hey, there's a little child inside of all of us. Amen. And we all need, hey, I got an amen for an 84-year-old man right there. There's a child inside of all of us, and we all need that place to hide. Listen, life can be harsh. People can be mean. Circumstances can weigh on you, and you've got to have a place to go. And we're not just talking about a place to go. David said here, the cave of Adullam was a great place to hide, but I'd rather be hid in the Lord. The, the, the wilderness of Engedi is a wonderful place full of thickets where I can hide hundreds of men, David is saying, but I would rather hide in the Lord. As we read these verses here, really David is writing, and when he's talking about a secret place or a hiding place with the Lord, he's really talking about God's forgiveness. 
He wanted to, he, David had done something. As we, you read the verses with me, he's talking about a man whose transgression is covered. And, and he said, I kept silence. And you, Lord, your hand was heavy on me. David had committed some sin and he needed forgiveness. And David found that the best place to be was to hide in the forgiveness of Almighty God. Now let me tell you something, folks. We're going to have to hide there every day. Every day, you and I are going to sin against God. We're going to have thoughts. We're going to have temptations. We're going to have actions. We're going to have words. We're even going to omit something that we should have done. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is sin. We're going to do something. You and I are going to have to hide in God's forgiveness every single day. And as we read these verses, we don't know what David had done. I read several commentaries, and I couldn't find what David had committed, but something was weighing David down, and forgiveness was a wonderful... Hey, I'm glad my sins are hidden under the blood. And when God looks at me, he doesn't see my sin. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ. What a blessing it is to hide there. David said also in another proverb, Solomon said, His secret is with the righteous. I want you to imagine with me in the theater of your mind this morning that you're in a courtroom and you have been charged... There is a judge that you're standing before. There is a jury. There's a bailiff. There's a prosecutor. There's a defense attorney. And you are in the hot seat. It is a life or death sentence that faces you. And I want you to imagine as the, as the, the trial drags out and on and on and on, and you get anxiety, the cortisol builds up, all of the anxiety comes, and, and you just sit there wondering if they're going to find you guilty, wondering if you're going to get life in prison. I mean, you've just got all this anxiety building up inside of you, and all of a sudden the jury comes out, and the judge looks at the foreman of the jury and says, Can you read the verdict? And there you are, just waiting for the verdict, and the verdict comes, not guilty. Can you imagine the relief? Can you imagine the freedom? Hey, let me tell you something. If sin is weighing you down, I'm going to tell you a way to get rid of it. If sin is weighing you down, if anxiety is coming on you because of your failures, hey, listen, we all fail every day. And if sin is coming, if that's bothering you and weighing you down, there's a way of forgiveness. There's a way to get that load lifted, and it's Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that when I got under conviction of sin as just a young boy, I knew I was lost, I knew I was going to hell, and I'm telling you it was like the weight of the world was on my shoulder. The very first thing I experienced in salvation when I went to an old-fashioned altar and called upon the Lord Jesus Christ, I never will forget the load that was lifted from me. It was like the weight of the world left my shoulders. The Lord just forgave my sins. He came into my heart. He lightened my mood. It was like a great weight had been lifted off of me. Praise God. That's a hiding place. Amen. And so uh, you say, preacher, well, I'll never have to go to jail. I'll never commit one of those serious crimes in my life. Well, listen, we commit serious crimes every single day in the eyes of God. God help us to go to the hiding place of forgiveness. What a wonderful hiding place it is. 
You see, there's people today all over this very county that are trying to hide from their sin in a bottle. It may be a bottle of pills. It may be a bottle of liquor. But they're trying to hide from their sin. That won't let you hide. It'll only expose it more. There is a place where we can hide from our sin. And it is under the blood. I'd rather have the blood as a bottle, wouldn't you? I'd rather, oh, praise God. I'd rather have the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad today that I'm hiding from my sin in the blood of Christ. I'm going to tell you a little simple illustration. As I thought about this, and my kids are here. Uh, when, when, I was, when the kids were just little, I mean, they weren't just knee high. They loved to follow me across the farm. And back on the back side of our farm, at the, on a cliff at the fence line, is a, is a cliff line where you can, it's a nice little solid place of solitude. And they used to love to climb that cliff with me as we'd check the fence. And one day we were up there and I, I found a spoon, just a little old silver spoon that, that a hunter had uh, neglected or forgotten years ago. And uh, I, you know how kids are, they love to make up games. And I told them, I said, I'm going to hide this spoon. Now, they were just little. I said, I'm going to hide this spoon under this rock, and we're going to call this the place of the secret spoon. <laughs> I'm telling you what, they loved that place. And, and they would beg me, Daddy, Daddy, let's go hiking to the place of the secret spoon. And I'm like, boy, did I make up a bad game. <laughs> but but what, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying this, even as children... We like to go to a place of solitude occasionally. I mean, we'd pack our lunch. Lisa would pack us some little sandwiches, and we'd go back there and sit on top of those rocks, and it was the place of the secret spoon. And, and, and listen, we need that as adults. Somebody say amen. amen. David said, hide me in the pavilion, in your pavilion, Lord. Listen, we all need that place where there's trees around us, or there's concealment from the world, there's protection, where we feel secure. Hey, let me tell you something about Christ. Uh, I've always been secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. David said, hide me in the shadow of your wings. Amen. A cave is a type of... Of the heart. In the Bible, a cave is typical of the heart. A cave lets us leave the surface of earth and it lets us go down into the depths, into the terra part, and down into the crust. And it's a type of the heart. And sometimes we all, like David, need to hide in a cave. We need to go, go inside ourselves, don't we? I mean, there are times when Lisa looks at me and, she, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm musing, I'm meditating, and she says, is something wrong? I say, no, I'm just inside myself. You ever done that? And so it, it, it's a time, the cave is a type of that. We all need that hiding place. And I hope you've discovered that a prayer place, a secret place, a closet, away from the cares of the world can be a hiding place. Amen. I went to my study yesterday morning and, and the wind was howling and the rain was beating and it was, it was just tempestuous outside, 40 miles an hour winds. And as I went in my study and shut the door, it just quietened down in the edge of the woods. And, and I'm going to tell you something, I've never been in that place of prayer or that place of study that God didn't meet me there. Are you listening? 
and yet I'm preaching to people, you don't have that secret place. You don't have that prayer place. You don't have, Brother Clyde Carter lived up on Hazel Mountain, one of the most precious preachers I've ever been around. And Brother Clyde went up to his prayer place every morning right on top of the mountain in the rain, in the snow, in the summer, in the winter. Every morning, Brother Clyde put his knees down in the same spot beneath the tree. He said, George, I pray there so much I know where the sun comes up in January. I know where the sun comes up in the middle of June. He had prayed so much there that there were holes where his knees were about a foot deep. Can you imagine a man? That man found a secret place with God. And Brother Clyde said, I've never been to that place that God didn't meet me there. And there's so many people this morning all across our nation, they're looking for God, they're seeking for God, and yet He can be found if we'll just shut our door and pour our heart out to Him. Amen. Thank God. When Nazi Germany was invading Norway, uh, there was a family of Jews who were hidden. They knew the oppression of Nazi Germany. They knew they would be locked up in a concentration camp and probably die. So in 1942, the Frank family went into hiding. They hid in the back of an office complex, in the top of the back of an office complex. When they went in in that complex in in on let's see July of 1942, when they went in there, they never dreamed it would be two years before they would ever feel the sun on their face again. They went into hiding. Fifteen-year-old Anne Frank, if you remember from school or maybe you've read her diaries, she began to diary her days as they hid from the Nazis. It's called the Diaries of Anne Frank. But in 1944, somebody betrayed them, told the Nazis where they were hiding. For two years, they hid there as a family. The Nazis came and took them away. Their mother died in a concentration camp in Auschwitz. The two girls died at young ages from diseases because of the malnutrition of the Nazis. Only the dad survived. You say, preacher, why would you say that? Because if you'll ever run to the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll never betray you. He'll never throw... Listen, sometimes life feels like that the Nazis are after you. And if they catch you, they're going to put you in a concentration camp. That's what sin is. Sin will imprison you. Sin will, sin will defeat you. Sin will hurt you. And it's, sometimes it's like the devil himself is after you. But if you'll run and hide in Jesus Christ, you'll never be betrayed. Amen? Thank God for that. Oh my, there's a refuge in the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah said in his prophecy as he looked forward, Isaiah said, And a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest, a rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. We sang that this morning. We sing the songs. Jesus is a rock in a weary land. Hiding place, a shelter in the time of storm. We sing the song, uh, uh, Hide me, O blessed rock of ages. William Cushing wrote this song. I'm going to read it to you. Don't normally do this, but I think it's a wonderful way to express this as we close the message. 
William Cushing was a preacher in 1886 and he lost his wife, he lost his health, he lost his home, he lost everything he had and this old man of God discovered that though everything on this earth had been taken away from him that he still had a hiding place in the Lord Jesus Christ and he wrote these words, I'm going to read them to you, oh safe to the rock that is higher than I, my soul and its conflicts and sorrows would fly, alone I would perish undone I would be thou blessed rock of ages I'm hiding in thee in the calm of the noontime in sorrow's lone hour in times when temptation casts o'er me its power in the tempest of life on its wide heaving sea thou blessed rock of ages I'm hiding in thee how oft in the conflict when pressed by the foe I fled to my refuge and breathed out my woe. How often when trials like sea billows roll have I hidden in thee, O rock of my soul. Thank God for the hiding place of concealment, of sanctuary. You see, this sanctuary is a hiding place. You say, preacher, it's crowded. Yeah, and I've got people tell me they won't come to church here because it's too crowded. <laughs> You know what I think? I think it's an excuse, amen. amen. We'll make room for them. But I'm going to tell you something. This is a sanctuary. It's a place of hiding. It may be full, but you can go into your heart and have that hiding place, that pavilion with the Lord Jesus Christ right where you sit. Amen. amen. It is a sanctuary. It is a hiding place. I've got to close. I think of the rapture of the church is going to be a hiding place. We're living in the end of days. All you got to do is open your eyes. All you got to do is come to church on Wednesday night and we'll tell you how close we are to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? The Lord is going to conceal us as Christians. You say, what's he going to do? Hey, the rapture of the church is going to happen and it's going to happen just that quick. We're going to be gone. I say, praise God. You know what the Lord is doing in the rapture of the church? He's going to hide us in his pavilion while this world rocks and rolls and Russia takes over, and it will. China will take over, and it will. The Antichrist is coming, and he'll, he will take over, and he will. I'm glad I'm out. You think the Nazis were bad? You wait till the Antichrist arrives. But we've got a hiding place. The Bible says of the rapture of the church that Jesus said as lightning shineth out of the east and shineth to the west so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. He's coming. He's coming quickly. Paul said this about the rapture of the church that we'll be caught up in the twinkling of an eye. We'll be gone. People are going to wonder where we're gone. What a mystery. Where did they go? Where did they hide? I'm going to tell you where we hid. We hid in the blood of Jesus Christ when we got saved. Praise God. And he's going to get us out of this old world. I say thank God for the hiding place of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, how's that going to happen? Jesus said it like this. He said when he comes, there will be two in the bed. One will be taken and one will be left. He said when he comes, two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. He said two will be grinding. One will be taken and one will be left. That's a worldwide event, friend, because the rapture of the church is going to happen. Thank God I'm saved. Now here's where I want to warn you. If you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, you don't have a hiding place. 
The Bible says one day when the tribulation hits that men's hearts, after the church is gone, the tribulation comes to planet earth, men's hearts are going to fail them for fear. And they're going to try to hide in the mountains and then pray to the rocks in the mountains, fall on us and hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. Let me tell you something. His wrath is coming. You better run to him now and get under his blood. If you don't, you'll have to get under his judgment later. Somebody say amen. I had a short message this morning. It went by fast. I've enjoyed it. But here's what I want to say, and I want you to don't, don't bow your head yet, and don't start playing yet, because there's one more thing I want to say, and I've been holding this example for a long time. I want you to listen close. You ever heard the expression, fight fire with fire? How do you do that? If you add fire, you're going to get more fire. Well... On the prairie, many years ago, they learned this really good principle. That if a prairie fire was moving toward them, there was no escape. The flames were 20 foot high. The, the, the fire would spread. It was faster than you could run, faster than you could ride a horse. There was no way of escape. You were going to die. And they decided that the best way to fight it would be to light a backfire. They would go back behind and light another fire. And as that fire burned with the wind away from them, it burned everything in its path. When the main fire got to them, they would go stand in the place that had already been burnt. They were fighting fire with fires. Everybody with me? One little girl, when they rode a wagon train out through there as pioneers, uh, she saw the flames coming and she said, what are we going to do? And the old wagon master said, we're going to light a backfire. And when that burns, we're going to go stand in that place. And she did and she couldn't believe that she was saved. She said, I can't believe this worked. And he said, we're standing in the place that's already been burnt. That's exactly how salvation works. Those of us who are saved, who are forgiven, who are washed in the blood are standing in the place where Jesus Christ has already took our sin. The fires and the judgment of God has burnt the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for your sin. He became your substitute. And here's what you've got to do. If you don't get burnt up in the fire, you're going to have to run to the place where the judgment's already been, and that's run to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. I'm through preaching. Thank you for your attention. Now I want to ask you this real quickly. Is there one here this morning and by your confession you're lost. You don't know Christ as your Savior. You've never run to Him for forgiveness. I want to ask you this morning to come to Christ. I want to ask you to come to Christ this morning for forgiveness of sins. David found that forgiveness in that cavern. He found it in the cavern of God. He found it in the pavilion of God. He hid his soul in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you this morning to privately and personally come to the Lord Jesus Christ and hide yourself under the blood of Christ. And get yourself under his forgiveness. David rejoiced in the fact that he was forgiven. Friend, Bible says for those of us who are saved that we're dead and our life is hid with Christ in God. Can you say that about your soul?
that your soul is hid with Christ in God? If you can't, today, come to Jesus. We're not asking you to come to this church. We're not asking you to come to this denomination. We're asking you to come to Jesus Christ with all of your heart. You can be saved and you can hide your sins. Hide yourself. Hide your soul. Hide your spirit in the blessed rock of ages. Amen. We wait just a moment. Amen. All right. Thank you. You can look this way. God bless you. We appreciate you being here so much. Been a blessing to be here, hadn't it? It sure has. And uh, Brother Brian, would you step up here and dismiss us again? I'll say as he comes, thank you, Tracy and Lisa, for, for being there for Brian and myself. I can speak for Brother Brian and, and for sure and tell you that we both get the support that we need. So, and in thank you, church. It was a real blessing. I know Wednesday night, I went home and Lisa had all those things that you gave her and all the cards and things and she was going through those and she felt very appreciated and I appreciate you for appreciating her. God bless you. Brother Brian.